Good morning, LCM. Today's date is May 10th, 2020, and today is Mother's Day. Come on. Last Wednesday night, we concluded our Into the Dark series with Sons Serving. This series started with Sons Sent into the Darkness, and it elevated the truths of God's Word. That our success must be defined by the word of God. That our glory is found in godly suffering. That the word of God is sufficient in all areas of our lives. And it reigns supreme. It creates. It changes. It carries forward into all of eternity. Yeah, it does. As illuminated through the written word of God, we are the light of the world to the extent that the word of God is our sole source of truth in our daily lives. Come on now. Pastor, there's no sugary substitutes. No. Only the true substance found in the written word of God. Come on now. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. See, the point of us elevating the word is that the word may be elevated not just for you, but it's elevated in your family, in your children, and through the generations. As we elevate the word of God, we're going to begin today by elevating the word. Somebody say the word. The word. On this Mother's Day and on this baby dedication morning by encouraging our ladies, encouraging the mothers, encouraging all the women and everybody else in the room with this sermon entitled, Word to Your Mother. Oh, yes. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, Word to Your Mother. Word to Your Mother. Let's turn to Ezekiel 36 and start in verse 24. Say word to your mother whenever you're there. Hey, Timon, word. I just said word to your mother. Ezekiel 36, 24. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries. And bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities. And from all your idols. I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove you from you. Your heart of stone. Come on. And give you a heart of flesh. Man, that's awesome. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. That's a long list of promises, isn't it? That is. In fact, we notice something in this passage that there are seven I will promises from the Lord. In fact, we've even made a slide about them. Let's put that up. Look at that. So from Ezekiel 36, 24. I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. Come on now. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Anybody ever need a new heart? Come on. Anybody need a new spirit? Come on. Praise God. I will remove from you your heart of stone. Come on now. And give you a heart of flesh. Wow. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be able to keep all of my laws. Come on, somebody say that's good. 
That's good. When God makes a promise, you can be confident that he is going to fulfill that promise. See, he is speaking to his people, to the nation of Israel, and he is telling them things. But we know that we are, the mystery was, is that we were included into this. We can look at these. Yeah. Man, when I see that, that we can be cleansed, when he washes us, we're really clean. Have you ever tried to clean something and did not really get clean? Oh, yeah. See, when God washes you clean, you're clean. See, when he cleanses you, he doesn't just do it on the outside. He gets all of your impurities. He gets the idolatry of your heart and he washes it away. Does somebody have a reason to celebrate today? Come on, a new heart. A new spirit within us. Man, we're not trying to renovate the other heart that we had. He gives us a new heart. He gives us a new spirit. Can somebody celebrate with me? Come on, man. This is his word. He's going to remove that stony heart. Oh, pastor, I don't have a stony heart. Then that means you still got it if you think that. I promise. Man, we need that soft, tender heart. Amen. Wow. Man, even as we're celebrating the ladies in the house today, man, we are actually celebrating what God's word does in us. We're celebrating what God has said, that he has clearly stated. We just picked a few verses from Ezekiel 36, starting in verse 24. We just picked a few, and we found seven of what he's promised us. Yeah. Come on. What hope, what joy. Yeah. Look, if we stopped right now, that's enough. You know why? Because we read the word. I know y'all don't want us to stop. That's not what I'm asking. I'm saying the word is sufficient for us today. If you just dwelled on what he's saying, remove that stony heart. Put in a soft, tender heart that's ready to be moved. Somebody say, be moved. Be moved. Come on now. That's what I love about my wife. She's moved with compassion for people. I can have a stony heart sometimes, but it's good to have those around us who this has been enacted in them. See, what hope, what joy, what reason we have to celebrate today. If God's promised it, well, pastor, I don't see it all the way yet. Well, you can rest assured that he has promised. He's promised his church babies. Look around you. Yeah. He keeps his word. We're having growing pains in the back of the kids. You know why? Because all you people are being fruitful. Amen. Yeah. That's a reason to celebrate. Your fruitfulness is a sign that God's words to us will come to pass. Man, this is incredible. We're going to continue in what God has promised that he would do. Let's look at verse 35 in Ezekiel 36. 35, they will say, this land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. Oh, yeah. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then, everybody say then. Then. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt. Say rebuilt. Rebuilt. What was destroyed and have replanted. Say replanted. Replanted. What was desolate. This is one of the best lines ever in the word. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Did you hear in the beginning of verse 35? That that which was laid waste, once it encounters the light of the written word of God, it becomes like the Garden of Eden. What was happening in the Garden of Eden? You had a beautiful setting. You had a fruitful setting. One where the relationship between man and God was originally cultivated. And it brought about a revelation 
of relationships. Man, see, what happens is, is you have desolation in your life until what happens? The Word of God comes in and brings a desolate place in your life to make it look like the Garden of Eden. Yeah. See, then, somebody say then. then. Then the nations will understand. Then the nations will know that God has begun to build or to rebuild something in you. To plant and replant things in you. See, promise upon promise. Idea upon idea. Building upon building. God is moving in our lives. That promising of building. That promising of planting is what you are now a part of. This is not just about Ezekiel. <laughs> This is about you today. Amen. Somebody say, this is about me. It's about me. God is building and rebuilding. He is planting and replanting in you. He's making desolate things in you come to life like the Garden of Eden because of His Word. Amen. Come on, that gives us reason to celebrate today, church, that what He's built and planting us. Look at your own life. Take a second and just consider your own life. Yeah. Anybody like me and you can get discouraged and be worried about all the things that you don't have? that you haven't done, that is still yet to be done, yep. ignore all that. Throw it out the window. Put it off to the side somewhere. And focus in on what God is building inside of you. Come on. What words has He given you? Everybody in this church has received a word. Everybody has. Everybody has saw, seen a word that started to build something in you. Yeah. And it's in the process. It gives us reason to celebrate. Somebody say celebrate. Celebrate. You can see what he's building in you. You can see what he's planting in you. Come on, let's focus on what the Lord has done, what he's accomplished through his word. Don't make me get started. Don't, don't let me get started up in here when I look at you. Part of our job as a pastor is to look at you, and when you're down, and when you're defeated, and when you feel desolate, we start going, you know what the Lord said to you? Do you remember what the Lord said to you? And you go, um... No, he said this to you. Yeah. He said that he was going to minister to your family. He said that he was going to build this in you. He said yeah. he was going to plant this Amen. in you. And you go, oh! Come alive. It's because we're starting to celebrate what God has said to us. Amen. Come on, we can't walk around in the mully grubs. That's a good old, that was, that was my dad kind of word. Mully grubs. You can't look like you're in despair, despondent, depressed. Why? Because the Lord has spoken and He is building and planning something in you. All pastors getting accurate this morning. Do you have a pulse this morning? Have you been born? Have you been born again? Then you got reason to celebrate. God is building and He's planting something inside of you. Look at what God's building within LCM. He's building lives that turn into families that are affecting nations. That from LCM, we are building a one association. Churches that have the same spirit are after the same kingdom and a part of the same body. That he's made us all unified and one heart and one spirit with. Come on, what he planted inside of just individuals has now been something that is spreading around the globe and planting the kingdom of God across the seas and even right next door. Consider the last sentence on the screen. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. You know what we've really taken the last seven messages? Somebody say seven. Seven. We've taken the last seven messages to do is to elevate the Word of God. Elevate the Word of God. Elevate the Word of God. Keep elevating Amen. the Word of God. Why? Because we don't do it enough. We all agree with it, but we don't do it. When the Lord speaks, it will happen. Why are we starting off our Mother's Day like this? Because we know you. 
Because we know it can be a discouraging thing to have lots of little rugrats riding around your ankles, crying, not doing what they're supposed to do. And you can lose the fact that what God said is going to take place. That the reason that you're holding the baby is because God spoke a word. That God gave you something. That He's given you a gift. He will not fail in doing all. Somebody say all. All. He will not fail in doing all of what He has proclaimed to you. And therefore... We should be able to rejoice this morning. Amen? Oh. oh, the fact that God is going to do all that He said He would do it. That is a reason for us to celebrate. When we're holding the babies in our hands, what we're looking at is what God has promised and fulfilled, but much more what He will do. Amen. We celebrate the birth because we're celebrating the life that will come after it. We must celebrate, therefore, the truth of what God's Word will do to complete the work before us. The babies that we are dedicating today are precious testimonies that God's word will come about. That we are possessing in our hands the fulfillment of what he's already said and therefore promising what he already is going to do. Saints, this gives us a reason to have confidence today. Amen. To confidence, to confidently walk forward and continue the work that he's just started. Somebody say he's just started. He's just getting started. See, what an incredible day where we get to celebrate something and realize that there's still more work for it to be done. But we can trust that what he's already accomplished in us, we can have confidence that he will carry it forward. A birth is a time of celebration, no doubt. <laughs> it's a celebration of what God has achieved, no doubt. Yep. Amen. And it is the beginning of a very long commitment to continue in the work that God has given you. No yes. doubt. Yes. But this is exactly what it means for God to build and to plant, to keep building in you and to keep planting in you. The same God who started the good work is going to be faithful to complete it. And we can have confidence in this. Amen. Amen. In fact, this building and planting, it, it, it's got to take us all the way back to Genesis. Come on now. Now, I'm not talking about Phil Collins. I'm talking about... <laughs> we can't dance. <laughs> I'm talking about the book of Bereshit. Oh, it's not about the opening to Tarzan. It's about opening the Torah of God. The written word of God. So go with me to Genesis chapter 2 and say word to your mother when you're there. There you It sounds good with a New York accent. <laughs> yeah. Word to your mother. Yeah. For those on the recording, some of our New York brothers just said it and everybody lost it in the oh, room. Yeah. Just, just to let you know. Then God said, forget about it. Word to right. mother. Chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed. Say formed. Formed. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The man became a living being. Well, while we were studying this verse, we noticed the Hebrew word for formed. And we have a slide for you for this. Let's put it up. Strong's number 3335, Yasar. It's a verb meaning to form, to fashion, to shape, to devise. Oh, wow. The primary meaning of the word is derived from the idea of cutting and Framing. Come on, we got some cut guys in this room. You framed up. 
Amen, Cody. Get it, Cody. Yeah. Hey, we're just believing the word of God. That's right. That's what, that's what this word said he will do. He's going to make me cut. <laughs> it is used of God's fashioning man from the dust of the ground. God's creative works in nature. In the womb or as the molding of clay. See, the word tells us that men have been formed. The Hebrew word there is yetzar. You see it on the screen. This word has the implications of molding clay. We were formed from the dust. That makes sense. But it also has to do with the forging of metal. You like that, fellas? Oh, yeah. Forging of metal. The crafting of weapons. This yeah. is what this word is. See, then the breath of life. See, a man was formed. Yeah. He's been, he's been yetzar. He's been fashioned and formed and put on this planet for a reason. See, then the reason was given even before the breath of life entered. See, there's a purpose that we have, but this is Mother's Day. Yeah, it is. We're, we're just teasing you with that. We can come back to that later. We talk to you guys all the time. All the time. We're going to go and talk to the ladies a little bit more. Let's turn to Genesis 2 and look at verse 22. There you go. Then the Lord God made. Say made. Made. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. And he brought her to the man. The difference between Genesis 2, 7 and verse 22 that the man was formed, but the woman, she was made. And you know, we have also made a slide to illustrate this. Oh, all right. <laughs> Wonderful ribs. What did he give me for a rib? It was just one rib, though. <laughs> Number 1129, Bana. A verb meaning to build. Mm. To build up. To rebuild, to construct. The word is used literally to describe the construction of many things. But particularly to build a city. Or even used to build a house. Come on now. So men were formed, <laughs> but women were made. A woman, you might say, was built. Yeah, she was built. You might say that she is well built. Whoa, hang on now. Shabba. I'm sorry, where was I? <laughs> See, what God has put the women here. I forgot there was anyone else in the room there for a second. Sorry. A woman has been built. Yeah. She may even need to be rebuilt. But the point is, is that God has made her to help fashion. Fashion a home fashion a house and to be able to make it possible to live on in one's descendants. I love the Come fact on, that God gave Adam a task that he could not at all complete on his own. Go be fruitful and multiply, big boy. Ain't going to happen all by yourself. No, how, no matter how many of you young men try it around here. Ain't going to happen, bro. <laughs> Somebody say word to your mother. Word to your mother. See, a woman was built from Adam's side. In order to build Adam's house. Built from his side to build Adam's house and his family. Not a separate creation. But a continuation of who he is. Yeah. Constructed from Adam. For Adam. And for a specific purpose. Husbands, turn to your wife and say, baby, you're built. Baby, you are built. 
See, built. when we're making this comparison that men were formed, but women were built, can't help but think of some of the architecture around us and something that is like a built stone upon stone, right? Yeah. You've seen those, those walls, particularly in New England, right, territory? It's stone upon stone. Uh, this relates to a biblical principle of a promise upon a promise, yeah. right? An immovable boundary that God has set that he will do in our life. Come on, so good. But it's carefully constructed, right? Not carelessly constructed. That's true. That our wives have been carefully constructed by the promises of God. That they are built. They're banah. I would even go to say that they are like a brick upon brick. That makes a house. Wow. Really? A brick upon say? brick that makes you a house. Really? You don't say. I do say. Oh. <laughs> Mighty. What? Oh, turn oh, up a little yeah. bit. Come on. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mighty, mighty. That's a mighty word. Being built up in this house. Mm. Being oh, he, built from the side of a man. Going. Our wives are built. They are fashion. Hey, by the way, where did we read from earlier? It was Ezekiel 36, 24 to 36. Oh, okay. I was just checking. That's what we read from. Mm. Come on. Just say it. I'm just saying. Just say it. Hey, before we get ourselves in too much more trouble. Yeah. We should probably carry on in verse 23 of Genesis. Amen. Verse 23. Well choreographed. Yes. Got it. The man said, verse 23, Genesis 2. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. <laughs> Cultivate me, baby. Cassidy, what a woman you are, girl. Oh, my. Mm. See, we know here from Scripture that the woman was built from the man, for the man. But let's not forget that she was built by God and for this very purpose. See, the word in Hebrew for man is ish. And the word for woman is isha. So the word for woman is spelt exactly like the word for man. But there's an added letter at the end of it. It's the letter hey. And often we say that that hey stands for revelation. But also the Hebrew understanding is that this is a singular letter that can represent God himself building the name of the woman. Come on. That she was made for man, from man, but built by the very name and substance of who God is Woo. to be attached to the man. Amen. 
See, ladies, we want to encourage you this morning. You're built for this. You have been built by the very name and word of God. Adam realized this and immediately celebrated that his wife was a brick house. He celebrated his wife was built by God with the very breath of God and the very word of God manifests now within his bride. Come on, church, let's look at the next verse and see how this continues. For this reason. Somebody say this reason. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. What reason? The reason that God has put something and built something from him and for him, but it was by God that she was built. For this reason, he can leave his father and mother. Now, who is God saying this to? Adam. Right? Adam is starting to talk to you about fathers and mothers. Anybody see the problem with that? (laughs) He ain't got one. He's already understanding that this goes far, that this, what God has done inside of them, with them, is the pattern. He said, for this reason, a man will leave his, uh, will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And they will become one flesh. Do you see that the idea of joining together, that the, the idea of Ezer even predates the family itself? There's nobody else around. There's nobody else on the planet and they're talking about marriage, a husband and Come wife, on. and leaving a father and a mother. See, this is the way that God has set it in and Adam's going, whoa, oh, I'm getting it. I'm getting the picture here of what you've done. And he does this because he sees how well built his wife was. Mm. Wow. The man and his wife were both <laughs> naked and they felt no shame. No shame. Amen. Amen. <laughs> see, women, you've been purposely designed Taken from a man's side, but built up, constructed for a very specific purpose. Anybody ever thought about the fact that Adam was one that became two? Out of Adam, God, from out of one, he made two. And then what do women spend the rest of our time with? The wives and their husbands trying to become one again. This picture is is designed to teach us something. See, it's an incredible reason to celebrate today. Somebody say celebrate. Celebrate. Ladies, since you've been built by God, you can trust that he will complete the work that he has built you for. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, we didn't just randomly pick Ezekiel 36. It really was that we saw God's promises there. We saw his promises that are being fulfilled that cause us to be able to be stable, to cause us to be able to celebrate, knowing that what God promises, he will complete. And if he's going to do it there, then he can do it in you, ladies. Amen. Wow. That should have gotten a much better amen. See, if we had this down, I promise you, this is not what the Lord would have encouraged us to speak to you today. The Lord is trying to encourage you and remind you that what he has built you for, he will help you to accomplish. Come on, any honest ladies in here ever worried about not being enough, not doing it well enough, not being perfect enough? See, what we're trying to do is talk directly to your heart today. You've been built by God. You've been built for a purpose. You are well built for exactly what he's got for you. And he is going to help you to fulfill it. Well, what if I mess it up? Then you're saying that your mess up would be bigger than what God can do and what his purposes are. See, that's not what we're going to do today. This woman in Genesis 2, built by God to be the perfect easer. Wow. Wow, we don't even have time to talk about that. We don't even have time to talk about the lies that women listen to that say that they are not Mm. a perfect easier Mm. for the one that God matched them with. 
As a matter of fact, most of our days are spent thinking that we're not the perfect Ezer. We want you to be able to celebrate that the word of God declares that he is going to help you and you are the perfect Ezer for the husband that he's assigned you to. Amen. I know that's a simple thought. I know that's a really, really simple thought. But I'm telling you, I'm pastoring you today. Yeah. Ladies, I need you to quit believing what you're feeling. And I need you to go to the word because the word says you were built. Amen. The word says you were built. The word says you're the perfect teaser. The word says that you are exactly what your husband needs. And he cannot. Somebody say cannot. He cannot fulfill his purpose unless you are with him. Mm. Come on now. Amen. We're going to keep going. Let's look at Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. See, with Adam, he had the authority to give names to all creation. And he names his wife Eve. See, the name that he chose is very interesting. It's mother of some of the living, right? Nope. Mother of all the living. See, Adam heard what God promised to the woman. And he celebrated it with confidence. If you remember the context of Genesis 3, this is right after the fall. This is right after sinning against God. And he hears what God announces over the woman. And his first response is, she's the mother of the living. All the living. See, he could clearly see that God has had given this mother a word. There was a word to the mother. That she was going to be a mother of all the living. Of hope, of promise, something to celebrate. Because of what lied in the future. See, a word of promise was stated in what she would become. And by stating what she would become, he was acting like God, calling the things that are not as though they are. So we begin to stand on the promises of God, what God will do. As husbands, we begin to defeat the lies of the enemy circling through our wives' minds. We're able to crush those thoughts and give them the confidence to live and be the easier that God has called them to be. And begin to be a mother of all the living. See, we can trust in what God will do because we've seen what he has done. Yeah. This is exactly why we have a chance to celebrate. See, the word of God, he created this mother. The word of God, through her husband, changed this woman's name to the mother of all the living. Yep. The word of God birthed a promise that would carry forward into eternity through her offspring. Yeah. Come on now. Do you guys see, you guys see why we picked this as our topic today? See, I know that there are moms who are like, really, is this all my life is right now? It's changing diapers. It's cleaning spit up. It's, it's managing chaos every moment of every day. Taking care. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Who's causing part of the chaos and the mess? Sorry, Danny, my bad. <laughs> we'll pray for you later. <laughs> But see, God has created you as women to have be the mother of all the living. Yeah. When did they say this? 
this scripture was given before she had kids. Yeah. Oh, so Whoa. now you're not just talking to Come all on. the mothers in the room. You're talking to all the women in the room. See, we have little Sophia. We're going we're gonna to show you. We're going to show her off in a minute. But you guys understand this, that Sophia has all of the life in her right now. Yeah. That she has the potential to produce. Come on. Right now. It doesn't come later on in the woman's body. What God does is say, this is the mother of all the living. They have life already in them. Yeah. You have, oh man, it's almost like you've been built to do this. Yes. But I don't have kids yet. But the promise hadn't come true for me. Yeah, but he's got everything inside of you. He has built you rightly. He has built you to be an easer. He has built you to help. He has built you to do these things because he wants it to be that way. Amen. And you can trust that what he has built you for, he will help you to accomplish. Amen. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What a great word for us today. You've been given life. You are literally, you're the mother of all that is living. Come on. Wow. See, this is the word that we have for you and your mother today. Ladies, I want to hear from you. Is this something to celebrate? Is it something to celebrate? You have within you everything you need. You're built by God to be a mother of all the living. That means you should be constantly giving life. Turn to Exodus chapter 1. We'll start in verse 19. Say a word to your mother when you're there. This passage is speaking of two women named Shifra and Puah. The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. <laughs> they are vigorous. We can say that. Just, just replace Egypt. LCM women are not like other women. <laughs> just, just replace that. <laughs> they are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. <laughs> We've had that actually happen a few times in this church. <laughs> so God was kind to the midwives. Pay attention to this. And the people increased and became even more numerous. Kindness to the midwives first resulted in an increase of other people's households. Wow. Verse 21. And because the midwives feared God. He gave them families of their own. Come on ladies. The call to be the mother of a living. Is not even tied to whether you have children or not. Come on. Man, we can celebrate this by holding on to this gem. Valuing your place in God's great design. And becoming a mother of the living. See, they were giving life before they birthed their own. Because it's what they were built for. And they happily embraced that. They joyfully encountered that and realized that that was what they were built for. And they enjoyed the process even while God was building them in the moment. If you're here, don't yet have the entirety of the family that you're desiring. You need to be faithful to being a mother of all the living. Be faithful to be a mother that is giving life to all, crushing self-centered and self-serving attitudes. And focus on giving life to everyone around you. Because that is what you were built for the day that you were born. The truth is, ladies, is you need to celebrate knowing that God will complete the work that he has actually built you for. Come on. 
I'm going to say it again because you didn't respond the way I like it. So I'm going to do it again. Ladies. Come on. Give me a word to the mothers. Ladies, you need to celebrate knowing that God will complete the work that he built you for. Amen. Come on. Come on now. You can trust that what he built you for, he will help you to complete. Yes. This entire society that we have tries to tell you that you need to measure yourself by something else that God did not build you for. We're saying the word tells you what he built you for and he's going to help you to accomplish. You got to celebrate that today. Amen. Come on, the word in you, the word to our mothers and our ladies today is going to give life to the generations. To the generations, that's the point. Even if you don't have your own yet, you're going to bring life to the generations that are around you. Let's all turn to Genesis 17. As we, as we focus on the generations for a minute. Genesis 17, verse 3. Are y'all with us today? Genesis 17, 3 says this. Abram fell face down. And God said to him. Wow, let's listen to what God has to say. As for me. Who's speaking here again? God is. As for me. This is my covenant with you. Come on. You, Abram, will be the father of many nations. You will be the father. I'm, I'm telling you ahead of time what I formed you for. I'm going to tell you later on what I've built your wife for, but I'm telling you what I formed you for. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Did you hear that already? Yeah. We're a verse into it. Yeah. He says, you will be a father. And then what does God say in conclusion to that thought? I have, I have already made you a father of the nations. See, God is the God who designs us and tells you what you're built for even before you've seen those things. He's going to make Abram a father of nations before he's got a promised son. You're going to, God is going to call Eve through Adam. He's going to call her a mother of all the living before she has kids. That should give us hope in this house today. Amen. That should give you promise. That should give you encouragement today and a reason to celebrate. Let's go on in verse 6. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. For the generations to come. come Do you on. hear the trajectory yes. that God is saying? That He's going to make nations come from you. Kingly nations come from you. And it's not just about you. It's not just about your immediate descendants. It's about the generations that are to come in the long run from you. To be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan. Where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. And I will be their God. In this, we clearly hear what God is stating, what he's promising, what he will do through Abraham. All the way down to the generations. That you begin with a covenant, an everlasting covenant with a man that inherits an everlasting covenant with a land. And the God of all heaven is ensuring that there is a plan to go along with it. But we want to highlight a special part of this eternal covenant. Just a few verses later in verse 19. Chapter 17 of Genesis verse 19. Here's something that caught our eye as we were studying. Then God said, here he's speaking again. 
Yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Okay, so what's going on here is that there's a promise that was for the generations and Abram didn't yet have his son, the son of promise. Abraham cries out about this issue and his other son, Ishmael, that he does have. God. Somebody say God. God. Almost like he's reestablishing a covenant that is only a few minutes old. He just told Abraham what he was going to do and that this is for the generations. There's a specific land. There's a specific purpose and an eternal covenant. A few minutes later, when Abraham has questions, kind of like Adam, Lord, how am I supposed to do what you just gave me to do? I've got an answer for you. You know what the answer is? Sarah. Come on. That's good. Abraham is worried about the promise coming to fulfillment. God says, yes, let me explain this to you. Your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son. Oh my gosh, there it is again. It's not just Adam. It's here in Abraham and he's saying your answer, your solution is for the wife that I have given you and you will produce and make life through the generations. And he says the same quote that he just told Abraham a few minutes ago and he's reestablishing it now through the idea of his wife and his son. Come on, you didn't know that. That's celebrating. You didn't know that. I know you didn't. I love you, but you know you didn't. God revealed it to us as we were studying. Look, the answer always is the easer and through the generations. God, how are you going to accomplish this? I I can't see how you're going to do it. I got another son, Ishmael, but that's all I got. I, I don't understand what you're doing. Let me tell you about your wife, Abraham. You're worried about how you're going to accomplish the mission for your life, the goal for your life, the purpose for your life. Let me tell you how you're going to do that. Let me introduce you to your wife. (laughs) Yeah. And let me explain how your son is going to carry this on. Come on now. If you get this one verse today, it's going to change the way that you think about things. See, you're not going to think selfishly that I don't have these things yet. You're going to go, ah, this is the pattern. This is how this is going to work. I'm going to call her Eve before she has kids. I'm going to call him Abraham and a father of nation before he has the son of promise. Amen. Oh, come on now. We can celebrate what God is doing in this house. You can celebrate. You can trust him. You can have confidence. It's one thing to say that you celebrate. It's another thing to have confidence when you leave this house. You're going to have confidence that God is going to work in you, that he's going to heal you, that he's going to move in you, that he, what he has spoken, he yeah. will be faithful to carry out. Mm. Y'all going to get me preaching up in this joint here in just a minute. <laughs> we got to be, we've got to celebrate the fact that God will complete it. That's exactly what he does to Abraham. He spends verses 3 through 11 telling it to him. Abraham replies to him, and then he immediately starts talking to him yeah. about his wife and his children. Men, you think you're going to accomplish your purpose all by yourself? No. Can't be. The great man of God, the great sage on the stage, is never the way that this works. Man. Mm. See, it's not just the women in the room that have questions about them being adequate. Come on. It's not just the ladies in the house that are worried and, and riddled with fear. Come on. 
See, it's the men in this house too, but it may be because you're trying to focus on how you can do it all by yourself. And it's not what you were designed to do in the first place. Let's just, let's just let the cat out of the bag. Let's tell you the end of the story. Let's turn to the back of the book and read it. You can't do it by yourself anyway. So let that just melt off of your shoulders and realize that what God has given you, if you are married, that that easer that God has given you is the solution. That your children are the solution for the eternal covenant that God has given you. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Come on, husbands. Take this opportunity to look at your wives and say, thank God for my house. Genesis 18. Let's pick up in verse 18. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him. To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. See, this promise comes for and through the generations. That he was chosen. Abraham was formed. He was called to direct the generations, both natural and those who have become attached to his entire household. That he would direct the generations as done solely through God's written word. See, there was no other source of where this direction would come from. That this was about God's promise to the generations. And that it would happen through Abraham, but not without Sarah. That she was the solution to the completion of God's call for his household. Come on, church. Let's turn to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me read this to you. Hey, familiar passages, right? But do you feel that God is speaking to us to remind us of what he's already told us? Oh, yeah. Can you feel that today? We didn't do this because we couldn't figure out other verses. We actually prayed about it. And we're like, man, we, we got to go back and do this again. We've got to talk about this in light of what God has given us because it's causing, uh, it's causing the light of his revelation, the light of his word to come alive to us in a different way. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Amen. That's where most of us stop in our thoughts. These commands I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Not those hearts of stone, but those hearts of flesh that he's replaced. Then immediately, impress them on your children. Come on. Church, there's something that God is trying to get at today. He's trying to remind us. Many, many, many of us, men and women in this room, are far too focused on you. You're far too focused on yourself and what you're doing. If you would get your eyes and realize that his plan, his plan, yes, it's got to be on your heart. Praise God. And then immediately you're impressing them on someone else. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. Come on now. This is a word for the Lord, word from the Lord to us today. Saints, we got a lot to celebrate this morning. That what God has formed inside of us men, we have the opportunity to celebrate that God has given us godly women. He has filled our church with godly women who will uphold the standard of His Word. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 2 and verse 15. Malachi 
Word to your mother when you're there. Has not the Lord made them one? In flesh and spirit they are His. And why one? Because He was seeking godly offspring. What God has gifted our church with is godly men and godly women. And that through the union ordained by God, that godly offspring would be a result. That looks like physical children in our arms, but it also looks like disciples in this house. Every woman in this room, you have the opportunity to be a mother of all the living by making disciples, godly offspring within this house. That comes from being united with the God of all heaven. Letting his word speak to you as a mother of all the living. And giving life to everyone that you come in contact with. So guard yourself in your spirit. And do not break faith with the wife of your youth. See, this morning we are celebrating the call of every woman in this room. To be a mother of all the living. We trust that God will complete his promises to our generations through the women in this church. We are to remain committed in the process of continuing to raise up godly offspring. And we have confidence that the Lord will give life through your covenant that reaches all the way into the generations. Come on now. Let's turn to John chapter 12, church. John 12, and we're going to look at 24. John 12, 24 says this. I tell you the truth. Well, thank you, Jesus, for telling us the truth. Amen. It's the kind of thing that you might want to pay attention to. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. See, this isn't just about martyrdom, by the way. It's not only about martyrdom. It's not only about evangelism. It's not only about discipleship. This is a statement about parenting. This is a statement about reaching the generations. See, death to our own fires and torches that we're walking under. Death to what we are thinking and defining ourselves other than what we've been formed for. Other than what we have been built for. See, we have to get rid of these things. Anything other than the light of God's written word, we have to jettison that. How you feel, what you think, all those things must die in you. See, but we get to celebrate that we, that once we do die, once we set those things down, we can celebrate because the very word of God is going to carry us forth to the generations. We can have confidence as we continue in this work. Pastor, it's tiring. Yes, it's tiring. That's what it's like to, that's what it feels like to be dying all the time. That's what it feels like to be setting aside those things all the time. Yeah. Quit fighting for your comfort. Lay those things Amen. down. Why? Because it's about producing more than a singular seed. Come on. I got, I got to do this. I got, I got to. What about the seeds that you need to be producing? What about those disciples around you? What about your own children? What about the people that God has put? Not only like Abraham, not only your children, but his household. Amen. Those that come from yeah. your body and those that come from the heavens and are attached yeah. to you. What about them? Amen. See, we have to continue to do this. We're going to see how this carries on. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. <laughs> yeah. 
Get it. Word to your mother. Verse 1 in chapter 12. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. Oh, this was a heavenly body. A great sign, a heavenly sign. Well built. Because she was clothed with the sun. She was rightly reflecting what she was built for. Rightly reflecting her husband. That the moon was underneath her feet. That she was confidently establishing her role of being a mother of all the living. There was no slipping of the foot. No unsurety of her call and function. She knew what she was built for. And as a result, she functioned in her easer that produced 12 stars. A crowning achievement of 12 godly generations that turn into a godly nation. Proverbs 17.6 says this, Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. This is something to be celebrated. That the women in this house, you are built to produce godly offspring that gives you a surety that you are rightly reflecting the God of heaven, that you are standing firmly on the call and purpose of being an easer, and what crowns your head is going to crown the generations that come after you. Come on now. Church, today is Mother's Day, and it's a baby dedication. See, what we're trying to do is whether, no matter where you are established, we want to have mothers and grandmothers like Lois and Eunice who are able to impart something into generations like Timothy to go out and produce something powerful in the kingdom. See, we, want, we must take time to celebrate what God has done in our lives. The very goodness of our God. See, yeah. He has spoken and He has acted. Yeah. He's promised and He's fulfilled. His word that we've been learning to exalt is coming to pass right before our eyes. Come on, look at the babies that we have. Look yeah. at this house that God is building. Look at your house that God is building. Yes. Tell me where you were two years ago. Tell me if you were where you are now. Tell me if you were where you were five years ago, two months ago. Tell me that God isn't doing something, and yet we get discouraged. I'm saying throw off discouragement and celebrate what yes. God has done. Come on, these children areas are teeming. They're brimming with life. They're overflowing with kids in the back. We've got to learn how to celebrate that. Well, pastor, I'm past. Uh, I've already got grandkids. You should be celebrating. This is not about you. It's about reaching all the generations. Amen. Man, that's why it's incredible to see some of our elders' wives that have generations of, of children and godly offspring. Yeah. It is right for us to look at them and say, wow, by the way, I don't think Miss Joe or Natalie could look any prettier than they do today. Amen. Joy, I'm including you in that. You got little ones in the back. She's, she's serving in the back. These ladies have children and grandchildren. Guys, we are not pretending like this can't happen. We're seeing it happen right before yes. our eyes. You should Amen. celebrate that. Man. 
Producing generations always is tiring, but it is what you were built for, ladies. Men, it's what you were formed for. It is the solution. Be like Abraham. Be like Adam. Ask God how he's going to do it. He's going to point you to your wife and to your children. That's how it's going to get done. See, men, you were formed, but it wasn't solely about you. It's about God bringing an increase through you, through your wife, to the generations. We must celebrate the fact that the Lord fulfills every good promise that He's made to the generations. Church, we want to remind you that today is Mother's Day. Today is Mother's Day. And we got a baby dedication coming up. It's a day to celebrate. It's a day to commit. It's a day to commit. We must now celebrate and commit. Commit to continue the work that has been given to us to build the generations. And we must do this with confidence. Say confidence. Confidence. It's confidence that God's word never fails. That when he says it, he will do it. It is sufficient. It is supreme. And it is entirely before us today. Come on, church. We've got just a few more minutes. Before we ask our families to get ready and come forward so that we can dedicate babies. But it's not just about these families who are going to be standing on the stage. It's about every one of us today. Are y'all with us for another few scriptures here? We're not going to waste your time, I promise. Let's quickly turn to Isaiah chapter 54. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. Isaiah 54, 1 through 3. You guys keep up with us because you're going to enjoy this. Sing, O barren woman. Yeah. You who never bore a child. Wow, every woman in this place. Burst into song. Yeah. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Yeah, that, that's a reason to shout for joy right there, <laughs> speaking of. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Amen. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains out wide. Don't you hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Why? Because you're getting more and more stuff? No, because your descendants need a place to come back to. The reason that you need to stretch the tent pegs out is not because you're getting more and more stuff for yourself. It's because you're building the generation after generation after generation. And they got to come just visit you. Your descendants will dispossess the nations and settle in their desolate cities. You gotta celebrate, church. You gotta shake off the fog. You gotta shake off the dust. You gotta shake off the thoughts that you've been having. God completes His promises. Amen. He will complete Him. You gotta have confidence. Somebody say confidence. Confidence. As you commit to continue the work that God has laid out before you. Let me read this to you. Numbers 23, 19 says this. God is not a man that He should lie nor son of man, that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? What are we celebrating? We're celebrating the fact that we have the God of all heavens on our side, fulfilling and completing the promises that he has made. That we're able to walk with confidence. Yeah. Ladies, confidence doesn't look like this. Confidence is head up. Confidence is walking with a surety that God will do what he said that he would do. Committing to that process of enduring his will, raising up these godly offspring, and continuing to do it day after day after day. Come on, you need to walk like you were built for something. Amen. Joshua 23 verse 14 says this. 
Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know all, you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Come on. You know good and well that what God promised you in this church has not failed. Yeah. If yes. He said it, it came to pass every single time without fail. Yeah. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. We gotta celebrate. We just got to celebrate and have the right kind of attitude because what he says, he will complete. You got to have the confidence as you commit to continue on with this. You can know that he's going to fulfill his word in you of what yet is to come because you've seen what he has done in you and in this house. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 50 says this, my comfort in my suffering, in my lack of sleep. In my lack of ability to have joy in the moment. My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. It's from the very written word of God that we are able to resurrect our souls. Stand up in joy. Find comfort in God's spirit. Enabling us to be the men and the women of God that he's called us to be. Ladies, particularly speaking to you. This is something for you to celebrate. That God's word preserves your very life. It's what will give you the ability to look and see that he will complete everything that he's promised for you. That you can have the confidence to continue and commit to the process that he's put before you. To raise up godly offspring that lasts into the generations. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We know it well. It says to repent. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? What is the next phrase? This promise is for you and your children and those who for all are far off. Do you see how even the Spirit is given? But it's meant to be taken to the world. It's meant to be passed through your own family. Church, I just want to encourage you that the Spirit of God upon you That spiritual difficulties and spiritual battles, we often think it might be someone who manifests a demon in front of you. Let me tell you, that's probably the easy part of this. Yeah, It's a general malaise, a blanket of of just feeling down, of, of just getting a little depressed more and more every day. A little bit more solemn instead of being joyful, instead of being able to celebrate. There's something about that constant wear and tear that I think is much worse on you than if someone just manifested demonically in front of you. You would at least know that that's the devil. And you would deal with it. This constant drone. That when you you lose just a little bit every day. You get a little bit smaller. You get a little bit less happy. I'm saying that the Spirit has been given to you. Why? It's a promise. It is a promise for you. It is a promise for your kids. Wake up, church. Let's get all those thoughts off of us. And let's celebrate what God has done in our midst. Amen. Romans 4.16, the first we're familiar with. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. Yeah, it does. The promise comes by faith. Being sure in what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. That's how the promise is obtained. So that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. We celebrate this morning because we possess the faith of our father Abraham, which guarantees that we're going to receive the promise that was made to Abraham. We are that continuation of the generations that were originally promised to him and Sarah. 
that without Sarah, without our easers, without women in this church, we cannot continue that promise being fulfilled that was originally spoken to Abraham. Look, we want to show you a slide here. I want to show you a slide here about Ezekiel 36 that we started off the service with. This was not a throwaway passage. This had deep, deep content, and we want to point it out to you again. Do you remember these statements from earlier today? Yeah. Pastor? These statements. I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back to your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. These seven I will statements are promises that God will fulfill his purpose in your life. He did it for Adam. He did it for Abraham. He did it for Israel. And he'll do it for you too. Amen. Men, this gives us reason to celebrate what God is building in the women of our church. Women, this gives you reason to be confident that you are built to give life to all at all times. Church, as your pastors, we have confidence that God will continue to build families full of godly offspring in this church. Even for generations to come. This is our final scripture before we ask our families to come forward. It's Jeremiah 17 and verse 7. It'll do you good to turn there. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7. I want you to listen to this. The word of God is so good. It allows us to address the women in the house on a Mother's Day, but it allows us to address you ladies whether you're a mother or a wife or not. The Word of God allows us, while we're addressing the women in the house, to be addressing the men in the house simultaneously. To be reminding us to shake off these things because God's Word is true. And we should not only just be neutral about that, but we need to celebrate that. Look at what Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says, and consider in light of what we've been talking about today. But blessed is the man or the woman, the ish or the isha, who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He, that man who's trusting in the Lord, will be like a tree planted by the water. Come on. To be built and to be planted He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Come on. Come on, church. When your confidence is in the Lord. Yes, I have confidence. Do you fear when heat comes? Let's not fear when heat comes because let's be confident in who? In Him who has been faithful to you every single time. Yeah. Its leaves are always green. Huh? (laughs) Verdant teeming with life. It has no worries in a year of drought. Not just in a day of heat, but in a year of drought. There's no worries here. You know why? Because I've been planted by the life-giving waters of God's Word. I know exactly what I've been formed for, what my wife, what my girls have been built for. I understand this. 
This kind of man will never fail to bear fruit. Come on. What do you think that means if not giving seeds that last into the generations? Amen. Come on now. We're going to celebrate today. Amen. Man, can y'all feel the good word of the Lord that he's given us yes. today? I'm going to ask the families who are going to have a baby dedicated to come forward. I'm going to ask our elders and our elders' wives to come forward as well. And don't you worry, church. We hadn't forgot about you. We got something for you. We got something for you, too. We're not done yet. While our families are moving up here, you know what you need to be thinking about. You know what the Lord has already mentioned to you about the things where you should be able to celebrate and you have not yet been able to celebrate because you've been too worried. Amen. Let's get you guys in the middle. We'll have our elders on the outside. Amen. Get the families, the Ruedas. Yeah. Man, what some, these are some good looking families, aren't they? Goodness gracious. Camera guy, you got a good shot of this? This is, we want everybody who's going to get to participate. We have a few slides that we're going to show you here. Uh, nope, there's some actual pictures of the kiddos. We'll get to the parent pledge in just a second. Dramatic pause. Oh, actually, actually, I don't think that we're at the beginning yet. There we go. Heavenly Hope Lahan, born on December 9th, 2019. Oh, look at that. Are you serious? That is cuteness just embodied right there. Man, the Lahans, what a special family. The next one that we have should be probably the Smiths, Canon John Smith. Born on January 14th. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. Next one. Yeah, I want to eat up those little boys. They're just... Daniel, I can't look at Zadok and not just see you. I'm just like... Mini-me. Mini, little mini-me. Next, next one. Yasmin Rueda. Born on April 7th. God. Look at that cuteness. Next one. Hey, I love this picture of all your girls. Fantastic. Got four daughters who are going to be prophesying soon enough, my oh, friends. Yeah. That is awesome. And then I think we have the Lintons. Sophia Simha Linton. Simba. Oh, Matsapena. April 23rd, 2020. Look. Oh, cute. Try the next one. Yeah, she's already posing like Linton on the right there. Word to your mother. <laughs> See, what we're doing today is we're celebrating with our families. We had a baby dedication that some of you guys were also in on the, in November of last year. That's fruitful, brother. That's fruitful, man. <laughs> We could have one of these every six months. I don't know how that's even possible. And we're having baby dedications from the same family. Same families here. Church, this is a celebration of what God has done. Every one of these families have stories 
that what they, where they are and what they're holding and who they're holding, for some of them is not even supposed to be possible. For some of them it's been difficult. For some of them where they came from, daughters of this house who married sons of this house, what I'm seeing is God gives us something to celebrate what God is doing in these families. See, we can trust. You need to be able to trust. We're going to focus on them. But you need to be understanding that what God has done here, Daniel and Randy weren't even supposed to have any kids. They got boy number three. Yeah. I see Levi here who was a miracle baby. Born weeks and weeks and weeks ahead of time. See, what you're seeing is, what I see in the way is, is God is preparing daughters. They're going to seed the planet. Like what you see here, but you're not just, you're not just only supposed to see them. You're supposed to realize that what God, if he's faithful here, he's going to be faithful in your life. What he has promised will come about. What he has formed you for, what he has built you for, will come about because he never changes. He never lies. He doesn't speak and then not act. He doesn't promise. Somebody say promise. Promise. And then not fulfill. Man, we've got other moms. We're going to have to do this soon enough again. But we have a pledge that I'm going to direct towards our families. I'm asking the families that are here before us, will you celebrate your parenting, recognizing that you were formed and built by God to accomplish reaching the generations? Will you do that for us, parents? Parents here who are before us, families that are before us, will you elevate the Word of God in every area of your life, knowing that God will complete His promises to you and your generations Without fail. Will you walk in the confidence that your children and their destinies belong to the Lord? And that His Word will never fail you and it's never going to fail them. Come on, that's a different kind of confidence than than most parents in our world. Will you commit to continue the life-giving work of parenting your children according to the divine mandates and the clearly written instructions of Scripture? Finally, parents, will you train them, your children, through your actions and through discipleship to love the Lord with all of their hearts, with all of their minds, with all of their souls, and with all of their strengths? Amen? Having given this pledge to the parents, church, we also have something for you. Let's pull up the next slide. Church, we want to ask you. Will you promise to use God's written word as the sole source of truth to strengthen and encourage your own families and households? Will you promise to help these families do the same? Church, will you promise to celebrate God's ability to complete his promises and with confidence commit to continue your work in raising up the generations? Will you help these families do the same? Stand with us as we begin to pray over these families. We're going to ask our elders to lead this time as we pray over the families. We're believing that God may give us words of prophecy now. Come on, pray, church. We can trust that what the Lord is going to do, that what He has said, He will complete in them.
Yes, Lord God. We glorify you, Father God, as this family. Lord God, of believers in the name of Jesus, continue to grow. We thank you for your anointing and your word to be spread, Lord God, in their life. As your hand is upon them right now in the name of Jesus. As they go forth in your anointing, Lord God, we pray that you give them great wisdom and anointing, Father God, to raise these children in the strength. Yes, Lord God, in the strength and the wisdom that you have for them. Father God, may they grow up to be, Lord God, exactly what you called them to be in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the power, Father God, as you go forth in Jesus' name. Yes, mighty God, we continue, mighty mighty King. Lord, we are grateful to you today, mighty God, Father, that you have fulfilled promises in this house. Father, you have by your word spoken families into existence lord father by your word you have spoken children into existence lord father we praise you for this miracle of children father we say stir us up lord stir us up now lord with this great responsibility that we have that we would raise righteous and holy generations that come behind us mighty king father may we all take this seriously lord father your commands what you have instructed us to do lord father we need to be in your word and we need to do the job that you have called us to do mighty god father let us not consider things of the world let us put away games that are played out outside of these walls lord let us take seriously your kingdom and the patterns that you have set before us mighty god father this is what we want to do and we cry out to you lord for your strength and your power to help us in doing this lord father we dedicate these children to you lord and ourselves in helping them carlos and patty i keep hearing the lord speak over yasmin that she is called to bud and flourish a household that everywhere that her feet will go what her hands will do through servanthood and her words will will back up it is going to be a catalyst for life that she will cause people's love for the lord to bud and to flourish she will cause their ability to see god's character and nature to bud and to flourish that she is designed by his hand she is built to bring forth life through servanthood bring forth life by washing the feet of the saints and then testifying with her mouth but with subtlety and with submission the very words of God that breathe life into others God, we thank you. We thank you for entrusting us with these generations, Lord. Mighty God, we thank you for your promises fulfilled. Lord, we promise that we will nurture these babies not only with real food, but with your word, mighty God. 
that they may raise up to be warriors. And, and our daughters will be pillars in your house, mighty God. We pray for each one of these families, mighty God. That you give them direction and insight into their children's lives. That they may be developed to do everything that you have called them to be. That they that they fulfill their purpose, mighty God. Justin and Lou, I hear the Lord saying that Sophia will be like Rebecca. And as she has already ensnared your heart, she has ensnared the heart of your king. And more specifically, that she will be brought to a land that neither you nor her will have known. And that she will build up a house and a family and a nation that you have never set your feet on. And she will not have previously set her feet on. That will change a nation. The Lord is saying that as he has set in your heart the nations of the world that it will be accomplished in her. To prepare her for her feet to be set on foreign soil and to build a life and a family that cultivates that nation. Daniel Randing, as I look at Canon, I hear the word rock. That he is a going to be a rock that will be an anchor for his brothers. He's a rock that's going to be an anchor for you guys. He's going to be a memorial stone, a fixed reference point that you guys and his brothers can look to for encouragement of how God's promises have come true. They will come true. As he grows, he'll grow into be a mighty man of God that will be a rock that will cause others to stumble, but also be a rock with revelation that others will build upon. That he will bring about a clear line of delineation of those who serve the Lord and those who do not serve the Lord. What you'll see as he begins to grow is that he will be determined and that he will seek justice. He'll see things in black and white and he will be immovable on those things that he sees as right and righteous. Continue to shape him, mold him, steer him towards the word that that be the source by which he derives all of his justice. And he is going to be a rock that the house of God be built upon. While I was praying, I heard very, something very similar that he was um, not only a warrior, but he was a wall breaker and not in the physical realm. The Lord specifically said, do not invest in him physically, in his physical strength, but to invest the word in him. Out of all three of your boys, this one, of course, invest the word in all of them, but this one to invest the word in because he is going to break down strongholds and walls with the power of the word of God. Jeremiah 33 and 12 and 13 say, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In this place, desolate and without men or animals, in all its towns, there will again be pastures for shepherds to rest their flocks. In the towns of the hill country, of the western foothills and of the Negev, in the territory of Benjamin and in the villages around Jerusalem, and in the towns of Judah, flocks will again pass under the hand of the one who counts them, says the Lord. And as 
as the Lord brought me to this verse, he reminded me of the calling of bridging the gap that you and Randy have. And I believe that the Lord is saying to you this morning that your children, but especially this third son, is not just going to stand between life and death and bridge the gap for those that are in death. He's actually going to go into the places that are desolate and dark, and he's actually going to speak life and his life into those dark places. He will magnify your call in every way, and he'll go into the places where flocks were, and he will establish flocks and shepherd God's people. for all the families up here and it comes from Isaiah 55 starting in 3 to the parents it says incline your ear and come to me listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David it continues on to talk about and this is for your children behold you will call a nation you do not know and a nation which knows you not will run to you because of the Lord your God even the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified your children. He has glorified you. I know we're going to have hopes and dreams for our children, but the Lord says here in verse 8, He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So be encouraged and remember that even though these thoughts and ideas that we have, remembering that God's God's thoughts and his word is higher because his word is supreme over all our lives and our children. So. Rick, Susan, I got a word for you guys with heavenly hope. Uh, as we're praying over the kids, I see her as a uh, one that sows the seed of shalom and that it's the, the seed version, so it's small it's in small bites and small portions that it's with joy that she will go about sowing seeds of shalom that will grow into something that's mighty and large this will occur through her acts of servanthood this will be her quiet and gentle spirit this will be through a rejoicing over what god has done and what he will do and just like her name includes hope that she will provide hope of shalom that it will resolve the feelings of despair. It'll resolve any issues of forecasting failure. That she is a sign and she is a symbol around your necks. She is a crown on your head. And that she is to serve as a marker of God rebuilding and replanting shalom in your lives. And that's what she's going to do in other people's lives. I have a word for everybody up here. And this would apply to the entire church as well. In uh, Genesis 31, when Laban and Jacob are separating, uh, it says here, Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac, 
He offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. So we're looking at the power of generations here. This promise, promises that were given to Abraham and Isaac and now Jacob, he's able to swear an oath in the fear of his father Isaac, not only to the Lord, but in the fear of his father. How important are the generations in this house? This, has, this will carry on because the Lord has promised it and we can see evidence in his word. I got something for y'all. Can you put 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Look, this is our family's mezuzah. But I tell you what, the last thing I've learned over the last five years, and particularly the last six weeks, is that if you persevere to the end, until you see victory, you will see a band that stands firm, that's strong and steadfast. Do not give the enemy any stronghold in your life. I'm telling you now, let fear run away from you right now. And you, and you will begin to stand firm. Mighty God, we love you so much. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can honor you by honoring your word. Lord, by honoring the fact that your promises have come true. Lord, for Yasmin, for Heavenly Hope, for Canon, for Sophia, Lord. Lord, and for each and every one of us, Lord, that you have done something in us. Lord, that we could celebrate today. Come on, church, we're going to just sing one, one song as a closing anthem so that we can celebrate. Come on, let's celebrate God's goodness.